0: This is the emdocs.net podcast with Britt Long and Manny Singh. We bring you high-yield content about what you're seeing every day in the ED. Today on the emdocs.net podcast, we're going to talk about a microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, TTP. This is a rare disease. There's two to four cases per million adults each year. However, this is what we do. We have to be prepared for these rare cases, and it's a dangerous disease if we miss it. You need to know how these patients present, the ED evaluation, and the ED management. Without proper treatment, mortality rates reach 90%, but this drops to 4% when patients are treated correctly. There's also high morbidity. Patients have increased risk of developing hypertension, lupus, and then also cognitive disorders. Let's talk a little bit about the pathophysiology of thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. This comes down to widespread microvascular thrombosis, and the central cause has to do with ADAMTS13. ADAMTS13 is responsible for cleaving large von Willebrand factor pieces into smaller ones. In TTP, something prevents ADAMTS13 from doing its job. This usually involves either a dysfunctional ADAMTS13 or an autoantibody against ADAMTS13. The large von Willebrand molecules aren't broken down, so they circulate as large multimers where they accumulate platelets and form clots, thereby using up platelets and causing end-organ injury. There are two forms, acquired and hereditary. Acquired is more common overall, and it's more common in adults. Hereditary is most commonly seen in kids. There are a lot of different triggers. Autoimmune disorders, immunocompromised states, cancer, cirrhosis, several types of medications, obesity pregnancy and especially sepsis. We learn about the classic pentad of fever, anemia, thrombocytopenia, renal injury, and neurologic symptoms. Unfortunately, this pentad is not reliable. Most patients are going to have a few of these features, but it's very rare to have all of them. Only 7% have all 5 features, and many of them are transient, so they may not all be present simultaneously. You need to ask the patient about current and recent symptoms. Neurologic symptoms are the most common, and they occur in about two-thirds of cases. About 40% of patients will have major neurologic symptoms like coma, seizures, or stroke. About 25% will have minor symptoms like a headache or transient confusion. The next most common is petechia or purpura. These are present in about half of cases, but active bleeding is rare. Fever is present in only about 10% of cases. Outside of the classic findings, GI symptoms are also common, with one study finding that nearly 70% of patients had abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea, but unfortunately, these are nonspecific. It's pretty much impossible to diagnose this on history and exam alone, but labs can be very helpful for us. We're primarily looking for anemia, thrombocytopenia, and some evidence of hemolysis. Hemoglobin is typically less than 10, and patients usually have evidence of hemolysis with elevated LDH low haptoglobin, and schistocytes. Fibrinogen is usually normal. Platelets will be less than 150, but exact numbers can vary. Despite the common thought, renal failure is not present in all patients. One study found that nearly half of patients had normal renal function, while the remainder had a mild creatinine elevation, and only 5% had renal failure. If you have it, you can send an ts 13 activity level and an anti ts 13 antibody test. These unfortunately aren't available in most EDs and they're definitely not gonna be back for us in the ED. It can be difficult to tell the difference between TTP and DIC or TTP and HUS. TTP and DIC can have a lot of overlap. The key is in the coagulation panel. Coags are usually normal in TTP, but they're abnormal in DIC. You can also check a fibrinogen level. This should be normal in TTP, but it's gonna be low in DIC. Telling the difference between TTP and HUS is also tricky. TTP can affect the kidneys, but not nearly as severely as with HUS. TTP is also much more common in adults, whereas we primarily see HUS in kids. HUS can have elevated LDH, but the thrombocytopenia is not nearly as severe. Ultimately, if you're unsure about whether the patient has TTP or HUS, then treat for TTP. Thankfully, there have been several tools developed to help us diagnose TTP. One of these is the PLASMIC score. This stands for platelets less than 30, lysis of cells or hemolysis, active cancer, solid organ or stem cell transplant, MCV less than 90, INR less than 1.5, and creatinine less than 2. A score of 4 or less is low risk, a score of 5 is intermediate risk, and a score of 6 or greater is high risk. A score of 6 or greater has an 85% sensitivity and 89% specificity for the diagnosis of TTP. Let's get to management. First, you need to stabilize the patient. Early therapies involved FFP to replace a non-functioning ADAMTS-13. This was only moderately successful because those autoantibodies would just start attacking the new ADAMTS-13. More current therapy relies on plasma exchange and steroids. These substantially reduce mortality compared with FFP alone. Plasma exchange removes the autoantibodies and replaces non-functioning ADAMTS-13 with functional ADAMTS-13 using donor plasma. You could give FFP in the interim if it's going to take a long time to get plasma exchange arranged. Steroids should also be given. These reduce production of ADAMTS-13 autoantibodies. Current guidelines recommend methylprednisolone 1mg per kilogram per day. The final part of management comes back to blood product transfusion. Despite thrombocytopenia and the anemia, active bleeding is rare and transfusions usually aren't necessary. We used to think platelet transfusion would increase the risk of thrombosis, but this honestly hasn't been borne out in the literature. In general, platelets should not routinely be given. You can consider them if the platelet count is very low and the patient has active bleeding, or if the platelet count is low and you're planning an invasive procedure. In summary, TTP is due to deficiency or inactivity of ADAMTS13. This is a clinical diagnosis. The classic pentad is rare, but think TTP in a sick-appearing patient with microangiopathic hemolytic anemia and thrombocytopenia. Also be on the lookout for elevated LDH. The plasmic score can help you with the diagnosis and it can also help you differentiate it from other conditions. Treatment includes plasma exchange and steroids. FFP can help you if the exchange is going to be delayed. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Stay safe and healthy, everyone.